Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of Suds in the Squirt Circle Podcast. My name is Vinny Apicella, and I am here with you today. Today is Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. And boy, do we have a great show for you today. I'll be going over everything ending from July 29th, actually, for when it comes to general hospital purposes. When it comes to wrestling purposes, we'll be going over this past weekend, even up to Monday Night Raw, uh, the Triple H era, the new McMahon-Helmsley regime is in full effect, and boy, I'm telling you, this is the first, uh, I didn't watch the full three hour Raw, like I said, I usually watch Hulu, but even the Hulu version, the 90 minute version with no commercials, is was absolutely fantastic. SummerSlam itself was one of the best um, in a while, you, you know. I have to say, that's the one thing that WWE does well, and even before Triple H took over with uh, Creative, is that they've always done uh, fantastic work on their premium live events, uh, formerly known as pay-per-view events. WrestleMania was, is, was awesome, you know, going back, Money in the Bank was awesome, and so on and so forth. But, with that said... Raw's, SmackDown's, NXT's have been kind of blah recently, as you know. However, now with Triple H, there's a newfound optimism, not only from the fans, but from the talent. Uh, from what I've heard, everybody is very positive about Triple H coming into effect, coming into power, especially the fact that he's not only the EVP of creative, but also EVP of talent relations. So he's able to bring back those that were no longer around, as was evidenced at SummerSlam and even the news that broke on Monday, uh, which we'll go over when I get to the WWE part of the show. I do want to say, new theme song at the very beginning. Uh, I didn't like the mix that I put together with uh, Beautiful People and the former General Hospital theme song. Um, I did get some royalty-free music. I'm going to be completely open with you guys because I didn't like how the other one sounded. Until I feel a little more creative and something else sounds better, I'm going to keep what I have for right now. New logo. My son did the logo. Captured the essence of the podcast, Suds and Squared Circle. Uh, the fact that we do talk, I do talk about soap operas and wrestling. And quite honestly, the fact is that he did a great job, and he kind of had some motivation because I told him I'd pay him for it. You know, uh, you know, he's a teenager. He's 16 years old. He'll be 17 next month, and you know, he's a high schooler. He's got kind of got that artsy vibe to him, and uh, quite honestly, he's a great kid. And I just told him, I said, "Listen, if you do if you do a good logo for me, I'll pay you 50 bucks." And that's exactly what I did. So he did good for me on that. Um, and anyway, so I do need to correct a couple of things, which I'll put in the uh, episode description at the bottom. But if you want to follow the show on Twitter, it's at Suds SQ Circle Pod. And if you want to follow on TikTok, it's at, at Suds underscore squared underscore circle. That's on TikTok, which I do TikTok for the show and for myself. So uh, it's mainly for the show. I don't have a personal TikTok because, well, I really don't feel the need for it. I just do it for the show. My personal Twitter is at SWE. Follow me there. However, we've got a lot of stuff to go over today, so let's get right to it, shall we? All right. 
General Hospital news and notes ending July 29th, 2022, which was last Friday, went into a really good cliffhanger between uh, Ava and Esme. The fact is that that feud, is, you know, almost came to its apex. Um, obviously, recording on Wednesday, August 5th, you know, we know how that that uh, cliffhanger played out, but I'm not going to go into that, uh, because that'll be on next week's episode. However, uh, last week's show had kind of went more into the whole dynamic, or last week's uh, episodes of General Hospital kind of went into the, more of the dynamic of Dex, and, uh, you know, we all know as an audience that Dex is being paid by Michael to infiltrate Sonny's organization, and, you know, instead of calling the cops and having a cop do it, you know, Michael's take, Michael's trying to completely decimate Sonny and everything, it's like, so, what I don't get about Michael, now, Michael's obviously comes from the Quartermains and the Corinthos is because Corinthos by adoption. Uh, but he can't excuse Sonny, you know, being in what from what I from what I believe is a stand up person saying, Yeah, every gr- grandparent deserves to spend time with their grandchild when he stood up for you know, for Nina at the uh, court hearing. Uh, you know, and, and the, and the fact of, you know, when he was in Nixon Falls and when he came back, he just couldn't shake the feeling that, you know, uh, the, the Mike feeling, so to speak. And I don't really understand Michael being so adamant against Sonny. It's almost like, because we've seen this before, you know, they brought it up when, when Michael took Avery away from Sonny because Sonny killed AJ. Okay, I get that. Obviously, they figured out that it was... Um, it was, uh, you know, Ava Drone that had killed Connie, and, and, you know, Sonny was reacting to that and everything. So they finally made up after that, after, you know, Sonny, uh, I think, was it, what was it, saved Michael's life, or, or ended up getting the bomb off the floating star. I think that's what it was. So they finally started getting back together. But now with this, you know, it, it always seems like Michael it has this on-again, off-again relationship with his father, that he wants to destroy his father at every move. And... Uh, destroy Sonny at every move, and it's like, it gets old at a certain time, if you know what I mean. So it's like, do you, you know, was that, you know, uh, that, that time that you were at peace, so to speak, was that ever real? Um, and not to mention, why is it only Sonny that is, you know, is ever the wrong one when uh, their parents break up or whatever, you know, when his parents break up, when Carly and Sonny get divorced. Why is it always Sonny's fault? Now, we know that in this case, it was, you know, it was both their faults. Sonny was a different person. Like, he had amnesia. He thought he was Mike for the longest time in Nixon Falls. And, you know, granted, he's blaming Nina for keeping Sonny away from the family and for making the choice for Sonny, oh, well, he should, you know, he's probably happier away from that lifestyle. And, and I get that. that. You know, that's reasonable to think. But what I don't get is that, you know, instead of being happy that Sonny's alive, you know, and instead of being happy that Sonny is alive and well, and the fact that, you know, he's able to be part of your life and everything, no, now... Now he, you know, Michael's upset because he took the stand against Michael in the fact that Michael wanted to keep Nina away from Wiley, which I think is bull, 
bullshit anyways. Like, get supervised visitations, you know, do whatever you have to, you know, get court-ordered supervised visitations. Now, Nina obviously has proven that she is, you know, she'll say anything even if she doesn't need to hurt Wiley or, or whatever, you know, especially with that thing, you know, when uh, Wiley came into Willow, oh, you're not my real mother. So, <coughs> um, so that kind of is one of those things where I just, I have to feel that Michael is just like a petulant little child right now. And I don't like that. But anyway, so last week's episodes kind of dealt, you know, went back into the, you know, Dex and Dex and Sonny. Especially with, you know, Jocelyn uh, catching them beating up the drug dealer and, uh, you know, making a video record like any millennial will do nowadays. Instead of helping and call 911, they'll just take a video of it on their phone. Uh, you know, and then, you know, him being able to talk Jocelyn to, into deleting the video. Now, for anybody who owns an iPhone or, or an Android, they know that once you stop recording a video, it, depending on the settings of your phone, it automatically starts getting uploaded to the cloud. Now, if you have it set to, you know, being on Wi-Fi only, then, okay, if you're out running or jogging there's no Wi-Fi around... That video, if it's been deleted, it will be deleted for good. But if they were close to Wi-Fi, let's say Josh has Xfinity, and, you know, it's constantly connected to every Xfinity hotspot in, in town, and she's connected to Wi-Fi, that video, even though she deleted off her phone, could already be in the cloud. <clears throat> so there's a little bit of discrepancy there. We'll say for argument's purpose, she had no Wi-Fi, so it did get deleted. <clears throat> but... Again, if Jocelyn was that angry at Sonny and she was witnessing a crime in progress, why didn't she just go around the corner where she couldn't be heard and call 911 to the point where, hey, I'm witnessing somebody, you know, a civilian getting beat up by two, you know, by two other people anonymously, and that could have been the way it should have happened, right? But no, instead of like, just like every other millennial and every other teenager, instead of helping somebody, they'll just take out their phone and record. So that was actually written true to form as to Jocelyn's character. The fact that she is that young. Uh, but anyway, so on Friday's episode, Sonny introduces Dex to Brick. Now, I love Brick. I, I think Stephen A. Smith performs perfectly in the role. And I really love the the fact that he's recurring, comes in, comes and goes out. And, you know, he's almost like the cross between Jason and Spinelli. He's basically Jason with Spinelli's IT work and IT experience, right? So, I really like the idea of Brick looking into Dex's past. And, um, so, because that's going to uncover a couple of things, because Brick could go under any kind of fake stuff that was set up, right? You know, Dex was, you know, supposedly a, you know, a veteran, served in the armed forces, you know, and was uh, referred to Sonny by Chet, if I remember that correctly. You know, and that, you know, they were at VA, uh, VA meetings together or whatever, and they became friends and whatever. So I'm not denying his, his uh, service record. However, maybe he wasn't discharged honorably. Maybe he wasn't, uh, you know, maybe there were some problems while he was in the, in the service. Why couldn't, you know, being that Drew is a former Navy SEAL, 
I mean, now granted, things between Drew and Sonny aren't that great right now because of the whole Carly situation. Of course, there's a woman that gets in between people, right? Uh, he could have gone to Drew and said, hey, could you verify this guy's past? But let Brick do it. You know, Brick could go behind the scenes and under anything hidden and, and fake and fraudulent. So, you know, Brick had a really good line talking to Sonny and saying that a lot of young people are uh, I think he, he, I'm going. I'm not going obviously word for word but he basically said a lot of young people are opportunistic um, but also um, they were, they're very uh, big headed so for lack of a better term like always overboard the kid, you know, especially we're talking, you know, calling the cops or waiting for the cops to come and visiting the, the guy in the hospital. And, you know what I mean? So instead of just leaving to go, you know, he just went to the next level. So he's sloppy. He's, he's obviously he's got to learn. But Sonny did say that he reminded he that Dex reminded Sonny of a young Jason or a young Stone. Uh, but you got to remember at that point, Sonny was also young. So. They were both learning at the same time. Now that Sonny is the Don of Port Charles, Dex coming in as a uh, uh, inexperienced enforcer, there's a problem there because this kid is not uh, seasoned. I, I honestly think he should have, you know, he, he should find somebody else. But that's that's up to me. And that's even going, you know, going kayfabe to the point where. Uh, not knowing what the audience knows. I, I don't really like Dex. And I think Brando wants to get involved, and Brando wants to help Sonny. Um, but with as, as long as Brando is with Sasha, that probably will not happen, <laughs> considering Sasha wants to keep Brando away from the mob. But Sasha has her own problems. You know, Sasha... Uh, you know, I don't really like... I mean, I get it. I don't have any experience with addiction. I do have friends that are addicts, uh, recovering addicts. And, you know, and I have seen them slip up. Um, one of my former best friends, um, you know, was a, a heroin addict for years. Um, you know, finally got clean. And, but you would still... You know, there were still times where he'd get a call in the middle of the night and then he OD'd or... Um, you know, he went on went on a bender and needed to be picked up, and um, it's hard. It's hard to break the habit. What I don't like, and I I think the thing is that I, I love the the dynamic between Brando and Sasha in that Brando is a recovering addict himself, so he knows what to look for. Sasha is still actively in the addiction process. Now, granted, she's gone through rehab, she's gotten sober. Um, but she's never actually gone to um, <clears throat> a, a full detox rehab, like a full inpatient or talking to a therapist. Um, I really don't, you know, I, I, I like how Brando kind of got a little firm with her, at, on, you know, at the end of the week. Basically saying, you know, so did you reschedule your therapy? Oh, no, I don't need it. I talked to Willow. We got everything out in the open and... Um, you know, it's and and Brando brought it up. He's like, "Yeah, I'm great. I'm glad that you did that." But talking to Willow is not Willow's not a, a therapist. She's not a professional at this. 
you have to talk to a professional about this and figure out the root of everything. And, you know, and Sasha's like, I don't like that you and your mother are trying to control me. Gladys, you know, Gladys hasn't been seen in a couple of weeks on the episodes, right? So it's kind of, you know, we all know that Gladys could be overbearing. So I get that. However, um, Brando points out and says, you're making bad decisions. So it does feel like somebody has to step in in order to get you you know, help and, and kind of help you along the way and be a little firm. He said, you know, maybe you do need to be controlled right now, which, you know, is always a bad term, but being Italian, it's a possibility. <laughs> Although I don't even know if he, he's Italian with the last name Corbin. <clears throat> so I don't know their backstory with that. With that said, <laughs> um, I don't, I, I don't like the whole storyline because I don't like seeing Sasha do this, but I want to see a redemption at the end and be like, she needs to hit rock bottom. She needs to get to the point where she's like, yeah, I do need help. I do need a therapist. I do need to go to uh, inpatient rehab. I can't do this on my own, even with the support system that Brando is trying to provide for her. Um, so it's going to be rough. And um, I just, <clears throat> I don't like it because I don't, I'm very touchy around the, the addiction subject because it's something that I don't like. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, <clears throat> but I get that that's part of drama. That's part of TV. I'm not going to crap on anything because um, it's something that makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to watch. I'm going to see how it plays out. I want to see Sasha have a redemption story. I don't want to see Sasha kind of be taken by addiction. Um, you know, because being a wrestling fan, and, and for those of you who listen that are wrestling fans, you can understand this and relate, is that we've seen many wrestlers die way too young because of addiction. Kurt Hennig being one of them. Mr. Per- you know, Mr. Perfect was probably one of the absolute greatest athletes in the ring, um, greatest on the mic, one of the greatest people I've ever heard, you know, and from, other, from his peers, from what they've said, and he died from a cocaine overdose. You know what I mean? So it's, it's that action, that active addiction that, that sucks. And it takes people way too young. Um, you know, and if you listen to, um, you know, Road Dogs podcast, Oh You Didn't Know on the Ad Free Shows Network, he does, he, he's very open about his addiction. Jeff Jarrett, too, on his My World pod- podcast, very open with their, with their addiction processes. And, um, you know, and how, what it took for them to get sober. And uh, it's... It's something that it's, it makes me uncomfortable. It really does because it's something that I don't understand and I don't, I can't empathize with. It's something that I can't relate to, which I guess is part of watching TV, right? You can't always relate to everything that's going on. You know, no, not many people could relate to having a sex tape leaked, you, like like Joss and Cam, or you know what I mean. Um, you can't relate to having somebody in town that lives on a, you know, uh, that lives on an island in a castle called Windermere that has all these kinds, all this kind of money and everything. So there's a lot of times where in TV you can't relate to what's happening. So I get that. But I, I, I think it's like, it makes me anxious watching that, that play out because, and, and the fact that Sasha is a very beautiful girl, I don't like seeing 
stupid decisions from, you know what I mean? So I, I, I guess that's where it comes from. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. When, when I see something that I feel uncomfortable about, I don't like them heading down this story. And, and I get it. It's, it's television. So it can't be all rainbows and sunshine. It can't be all just upbeat, happy, happy, joy, joy, you know, um, everything happens is good and, and everything. And I get that because there's no drama in that. Um, but I don't know. It, it's hard for me to, uh, get behind that story. I just want to see Sasha come out the other end. I want to see Sasha, you know, take, uh, Brando's support and help and finally be like, Hey, uh, if she has to hit rock bottom again, if she needs to OD again and be found passed out, you know, and, and again, she's a celebrity, you know, so it's, she's the face of deception. She's, you know, a, you know, um, you know, she's, she's on TV, she's, you know, in a magazine, she's a model, so I get that, and that's a, that's a realis realistic situation for a lot of people in that realm of, of entertainment, for lack of a better term, in that realm of, of uh, you know, in, in that realm of, of, of life, is that a lot of them do get hooked on drugs, so, you know, you know, thinking back from to the 90s, um, you know, Luis Pagoli died from an overdose. You know, for those wrestling fans that don't remember Luis Pagoli, he was Rad Radford in the WWE. He was in ECW. He was part of the NWO for, like, three weeks before he OD'd um, in WCW. And, uh, you know, so I, uh, I don't want to see that happen to Sasha. I, you know, if she has to hit rock bottom, let her hit rock bottom. Um, Michael Rollo, uh, getting into that scenario there, um, Willow is, um, pregnant, obviously, we've, we've known that out, you know, and, you know, now she's trying to figure out, you know, what the problem is with, with TJ still involved in the, um, in her doctor's appointments, because obviously TJ is not an OB, right? TJ is a, um... Uh, TJ is the, uh, uh, he hasn't figured out his specialty yet, but he's not an OD, uh, an OD, an OB, right? He's not a gynecologist. Britt is her kind of gynecologist. So why, you know, Michael wants to know why TJ is, um, still there, right? So at that point in time, you know, Willow has a choice to make. And Willow basically told TJ, I'm not telling Michael until we know what's going on. And... I, you know, so, um, she's very secretive around Michael and saying, oh, it's just, you know, precaution. They just want to do tests and everything. So I think Michael's getting a little, um, concerned, but also getting onto the scent that something is wrong and Willow's not telling him something. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, again, you know, it's, it's hard to you know, and I know I'm sure it happens, and, and maybe they're doing something to the point, and James Lopp Jr. kind of brought this up, you know, making a stance on women's productive rights, and the fact that it's a woman's body, and, you know, kind of bringing it into a modern-day scenario with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and, you know, with the whole abortion, you know, and if, um, if Willow finds something wrong with her baby, and she wants to abort, and not keeping, and keeping Michael out of the loop, and, 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 you know, maybe she'll get an abortion if there's something wrong without cons without uh, consulting Michael. 
and then he's going to be one of the uh, people that is, uh, you know, uh, you know, she'll get an abortion and just say it was a miscarriage without telling him, um, you know, and kind of taking the um, choice out of his hands as the father. You know, if they're going that route, maybe, you know, again, it's like, I don't like when they take political stances because that kind of turns people off, right? Um, I'm I'm really glad that they didn't bring COVID and, and everything into the Port Charles universe. But I do want to feel like um, if they're going to go this route, I'd rather them to take the high road and will disclose to Michael and say, hey, you know what, there's something wrong with the baby we should see about possibly aborting. Because if, you know, coming from a guy, okay, and the fact that I kind of lead on a, lean on a more conservative uh, side, I, I will say right here that I don't, ha I don't ever want to see abortion completely banned. Um, but I also don't feel like pro-choice is a way for just willy-nilly. In this situation, um, <clears throat> you know, yeah, Willow should have the op option to terminate the pregnancy if she finds out that there's something wrong, terminally wrong with the baby. Or if the doctor says, if you give birth, there's a chance you might die as well. That's where you make that informed decision. But at the same time, if you're in a committed relationship or marriage, the father of the baby, if you know who the father is, obviously, should have that option as well and should have input. I don't feel that it's only a woman's choice unless they get pregnant from somebody who they don't know. In that case, that's a whole different can of worms. Um, there's more problems there. With that said, and again, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not going to get political on the show, um, but I don't like when the shows get political because, again, it turns people off. It could turn off a whole host of conservative people if if Willow just says, you know what, um, we're going to get the abortion and, you know, go with that whole my body, my choice, you know, side of the liberal side of things um, and, and keep Michael in the dark because, hey, you know what, that baby is half Michael's too, right? He's the father. You know, and the quarter means and the Corinthuses have a lot of money to the point where, you know, look at Donna. Um, Carly's and Sonny's baby. She was born with spina bifida, and you know whatever, however they fixed that or, or took care of that, right? So they could easily have you know the money to make sure this baby is born healthy and 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 cured of whatever ailment it may have. Um, and again, that's something that a lot of normal people cannot relate to, right? Um, because you know not everybody is rich, right? If you're somebody who's poor. Your best bet may be not bringing that child into the world. And I get that. I understand that completely. You know, on a soap opera, though, in Port Charles, where you're dating the richest, you know, one dating into the one of the richest families in the in the whole county or the state, yeah, it's, an op it's, it's a way to say, hey, you know what? We have money. Let's have the baby. So if they're, you know, I want to see how it's going to play out. I do want to see Willow do the smart thing and, um, you know, do, do the smart thing and, and bring it up to Michael and not keep it hidden. Um, but that's talking as man. Again, you know, that's my point of view as a man. Um, so we'll see how that goes and, and how it plays out. Uh, so 
biggest uh, story in General Hospital right now is the trial, obviously. Um, <clears throat> and Spencer Cassidyne did what he had to do. Um, he finally got up to the stand. He um, he got up on the stand and he, he gave Trina the alibi, saying she couldn't have posted that video because, you know, she was, I was with her. And, and recounted how he'd gotten the, the, the unofficial day pass from Spring Ridge in order to go visit his mother's grave, and Trina caught him there. And, you know, so, you know, and then the ADA with that timed email or text or whatever. Here's the problem with that, that whole scenario, right? Here's, here's the problem with that. If, if Trina had known, right, that she was going to be, well, I, I don't, you know, first off, there's a lot of holes in that, right? Not many people know about, um, especially in college students, right? Not many people know about um, timed or scheduled emails or text messages or whatever the case is, right? First of all, so here's what, here's what I, here's, there's a couple of problems that I see. First off is that, if you get an email during class, now this because this this, this sex tape this this video was broadcast on the big screen in class, right? Wouldn't you have to open that email first? And what teacher would open an email in the middle of doing a lecture, right? It's not like something that could just be auto played unless it was shared to the point where the person who was there streamed it from their device through the laptop that was projecting onto the wall. Come on now, people. Granted, there could have been a timed email, a scheduled email going out to everybody in the Port Charles University mailbox. I get that. That's always a possibility. However, the fact that it did stream directly onto the projector means that it was shared directly to the projector from the device. Damn, I'm good. Trina goes free because she wasn't even in class that day. Esme was there. And now they should be looking at other class. I don't even know why I got to trial. I just won the case for Diane. Bam. Right there. Right? So, I mean... I know. It's got to create drama. <laughs> also, earlier in the week, during the trial, Jocelyn was, you know, had her inner colleague working while she was on the stand. Um, because she did go ahead and say... Um, <clears throat> She did go ahead and say, uh, you know, against the ADA, saying you're not asking the right questions, and she was deemed hostile, and you know, it's just, it's a, it was funny because uh, she was just very adamant about it. And I get it; she was emotional up on the stand, um, and it makes total sense. Um, <clears throat> but either way, the, the the cliffhanger, you know, with Spencer coming over and saying, you know. Or Trina thanking him, and she's like, he's like, I'm sorry it didn't help or it didn't work or whatever. Um, so starting this week, Trina will be up on the stand. Um, and um, Esme and Ava, let me put it this way, holy crap. It finally came out to, you know, that, you know, to Ava that Nick and Esme slept together, which still was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but... You know, and Nicholas was just really dumb even doing that, right? Um, but it did come out, and Esme is, you know, 
Esme's packing up ready to leave. She's leaving Windermere. She wants to just run away, get out of get out of Dodge, right? Ava catches her, and uh, they have words. And uh, let me put it this way: it's geared up to be fantastic. I, you know, Moral West has me blocked on Twitter, me personally, because for whatever reason, I think I had said good riddance when you know a few years ago when when uh, everybody thought that. Um, Everybody had thought that uh, Ava was dead or, or leaving town, and I said, good riddance. And she blocked me with that. Talk about a freaking snowflake. But, you know, it's like I never really liked Ava's character. I've never been an Ava fan. Um, but she's been doing great this week. Um, and I have to say, this whole storyline, you know, Ava is definitely a supporting cast, but she's having just as many problems with Esme as... Trina is, and the reason why, obviously, because of how Esme came into town with Spencer and how they were um, really going after um, her and and and, and trying, you know, trying to um, get her away from everything and whatever. So um, how they were torturing her and, and haunting her, and um, so you know, she's had a, she has a bone has had a bone to pick with with Ava uh, with Esme ever since. So, I get it. And uh, Esme has been causing chaos in her life. So, this has been great for, 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 for Ava. And I give more or less props. I really do. So, it remains to be seen. I got to tell you this week, even though it's not Sweeps Week, it's fantastic. I don't even think there is such a thing as August Sweeps, right? So, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, Alright. Um, so... Moving on. That's our general hospital report for this week. Um, moving on. WWE wrestling. Um, and, I, and it's not just WWE today. We're going to go over SummerSlam. But we're also going to go over the results from Ric Flair's last match. I watched the... I recommend to you watch the roast of Ric Flair. It is on fight. Um, that It was hilarious. But here's the problem. Um... With that, even. A lot of wrestlers are not comedians. They're not roasters. So they did have to bring in some comedians and all. Um, but it was still, it was funny. I mean, Ric Flair, you know, got thoroughly roasted, right? Um, so I recommend watching that. Um, moving on to the Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view event itself. Uh, promoted by Jeff, Jim Crockett Promotions. Um, and they had a really, you know, they really had a good backstage crew helping out. I mean, uh, Road Dog Brian James was there, uh, Scott Armstrong was there, Conrad Thompson obviously was there, but a lot of former WWE people in the backstage role were helping out. Um, so here were the uh, results from the card. Uh, the Motor, Motor City Machine Guns defeated the Wolves. Um, Killer Cross defeated Davey Boy Smith Jr., um, and Killer Cross, uh, formerly known as Carrying Cross, may be on his way back to the WWE. He's had talks with Triple H, and they keep in contact, and good things. Um, Jonathan Gresham defeated Alan Angels, Konosuke Takeshita, and Takeshita, and uh, Nick Wayne. Uh, of course, Jonathan Gresham, former Ring of Honor World Champion, who basically quit the promotion because of Tony Khan's insensitivity. Um, but um, he was also upset 
by Twitter problems as well and ended up deactivating his Twitter. Um, Alan Angels, formerly of the Dark Order, uh, Dark Order, excuse me. Uh, Takeshita is also in uh, New Japan and AEW, and then I've, I've never even heard of this Nick Wayne guy. Um, for the, I don't even know why they said Four Horsemen was Rock and Roll Express, but it's Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson. They defeated the uh, Ricky and his son Kerry Morton with Robert Gibson in their corner. Um, Ray Phoenix defeated Bandito, Laredo Kid, and Black Taurus, a full lucha match. Um, Joshua Alexander defeated Jacob Fatu by disqualification. Um, DDP was involved in that match. Um, the Von Erics defeated the Briscoes, which I don't understand how that how, how they went ahead and did that when you know the Briscoes are on such a roll and um, are one of the greatest tag teams out there right now. Um, Jordan Grace defeated Deanna Perrazzo and Rachel Ellering to keep the Impact Knockout Championship, and then the main event. Uh, Rick Flair and Andrade El Idolo defeated Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Um, Flair obviously bled. I mean, it was a foregone conclusion. Um, and uh, I didn't watch the pay-per-view card. Um, a, with WWE being on Peacock, I'm kind of spoiled. I don't have to pay for pay-per-view events, right? Um, but also, I really didn't want to support this. Uh, and I've said it, Ric Flair being 73 years old, he has a pacemaker inside or defibrillator or whatever, you know, honestly, there's a reason why the WWE would not clear him to compete. Um, apparently he was cleared by other doctors, I get it, and it was a tag team match, so he didn't have to do all the work himself, um, but either way, uh, Flair and Andrade defeated Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, let's make sure that this is his absolute last match, 15 years after his last match. Right, um, and those results are courtesy of Forbes.com. All right, moving on to WWE, uh, WWE SummerSlam. Right, um, this past Saturday in Nashville, I'm still getting used to the, the WWE pay-per-views being on Saturdays instead of Sundays, and then the fact that SummerSlam was actually at the end of July instead of August, but that's because they have Clash to cancel. Right. A clash at the castle uh, overseas at the end of August, uh, which is, you know, we already know the main event for that. It was Drew McIntyre taking on the winner of the uh, last man standing match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship that happened at SummerSlam. Um, but let's go into the SummerSlam uh, recap. Bianca Belair defeated Becky Lynch to retain the Raw Women's title. And in that match, at the end of the match, Becky Lynch shook um, Bianca's hand and, you know, basically the face turn and, you know, basically said, you know, you're great, I, I respect you, whatever, they hugged, as, as always, you know. Um, but then some music hit. And Bailey returned. Bailey being that fourth horsewoman that, that gets overlooked all the time. She's been out for a little over a year with a tour, I believe it was an ACL, um, ACL injury. If I, you know, damned if I could say it. Um, but she had company in Dakota Kai, who was released back in April, or um, was it April? May? April, May, something like that. So they got her back. And EO Sky, the formerly known as EO Shirai. Um, so Dakota Kai and EO Sky came down and. and uh, and joined Bailey in their new faction, um, and 
Triple H already getting the moves, right? Everybody said, oh, yeah, Shirai is going to go back to the stardom or, or back to Japan. And, you know, she's, her, her, her contract is almost over. And wouldn't you know who won the pony? Triple H signed her back and got her up to the main roster. Um, and now she's with Bailey and, and Dakota Kai being re-signed, which is great. I've always really liked Dakota Kai. Um, uh, great talent from down under. I think she's from New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken. Um, in match number two, um, Logan Paul defeated The Miz. In, let me tell you something about Logan Paul. No matter how polarizing of a person he is, and he's quite polarizing. I mean, I've heard people hate him because of some 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 forest in Japan or China that he toured on his YouTube video and uh, suicide forest or something. And I don't I don't get it. I don't know. And quite honestly, people are offended by that. Get a life, but um, uh, Logan Paul defeated the Miz. And let me tell you something. Logan Paul is a fantastic athlete, and he got it. Like. Let me tell you, like, if you look in the past, celebrity matches have always been those kind of throwaway attractions. You know what I mean? Like, when Maria Menounos or Snooki or, you know, uh, some people kind of just got in the ring just because. Drew Carey at the Royal Rumble. Perfect example, right? They're just kind of there. Logan Paul and even right before him, Bad Bunny, right? They're two guys that actually take this business seriously. And Logan Paul is a tremendous athlete. He signed a multi-year, multi-date contract with the WWE. And I could see him carrying gold pretty soon. Um, he went in as a, as a heel because, you know, it's like the the, um, the crowd's going to stand behind The Miz, right? Because this guy is coming into our business. He wants to take on The Miz, right? Um, but he ended up getting standing ovation. He, he won the match, and he was a babyface at the end of it. He gave The Miz a frog splash through the announce table from the top rope. Oh my, like this dude has it. He's got the facials down. He's got the, um, he's got everything down. So, um, I, I give a Logan Paul a lot of props. And I could see him being a world champion, at least United States or an intercontinental champion in the near future. But he's got the potential for being a world champion. And it, it's not going to be a David Arquette style reign, right? Because this guy, he's got it. Um, Bobby Lashley defeated Theory to retain the United States title. Um, the Mysterios defeated Finn Balor and Damian Priest uh, of the Judgment Day. Uh, of course, Rhea Ripley kept getting involved, and that's when Edge came back in a really awesome brood-style entrance. Um, Pat McAfee defeated Happy Corbin. Again, McAfee's another one. Like, he's been around for a while now. In a few years, he trained with Rip Rogers. He was, you know, he did a couple of NXT matches against Adam Cole. And one was a War Games. Um, and then, you know, WrestleMania match against Theory and then McMahon. So, uh, but McAfee is fantastic. Um, and I've got to give props to Happy Corbin, too. Because, you know, I really like Corbin as a person. I see his Twitter. He's posted stuff about grilling and cooking. And I tweeted him back and said, I can't hate you, you're too good of a cook. Um, but I, I want to see the old Baron Corbin, the lone wolf, come back. That was a better character in my opinion. I, they ruined his character when they started with the whole uh, Constable Corbin and then they went to, um, you know, the King Corbin and then all of a sudden he's back, you know, he's happy or he's down on his luck, uh, bad luck Corbin and then happy, you know, just 
um, they need Baron Corbin back. Um, the Usos defeat the Street Profits to retain the undisputed WWE tag titles. Um, I know they're teasing a potential breakup between the Street Profits. Montez Ford is fantastic and very athletic and you know, he had a match with Seth Rollins on Raw that was not included on the Hulu version, which I'm very surprised about. Um, but I don't want to see the I don't want to see the Street Profits break up too much. They have too much together, and there's too much equity there. Um, you know, did Demolition really ever break up other than when they left? Right? Um, did the I mean the powers of pain were broken up because of contracts? Right? Back you know, one contract was sold to Heenan, one contract was sold to Slick. <laughs> Um, you know, but I mean, if you look at the really good tag teams, you know, the New Day, no matter how much I'm not a huge New Day fan, they've been together for years, right? And the gimmick is stupid, but, you know, they're making money off of it, so what could I say? Um, but, you know, the Usos have been together for years, and, um, I want to see the Street Profits stay together. I want to see tag teams, uh, a, a resurgence of tag team wrestling, right? They've got the Viking Raiders who are haven't been on a pay-per-view in, or a premium live event in ages at this point in time. They, they do dark matches on SmackDown. Um, I want to see them kind of get back into the mix as well because the Viking Raiders and then the Street Profits had a really good feud back in the pandemic uh, era, you know, when they were doing the closed uh, closed audience-less um, episodes of Raw, right? Um Riddle called out Seth Rollins and got stomped during a wild brawl, um, which was okay. I mean, you know, Riddle was not, quote-unquote, clear to compete, right? Um, but he came out of the crowd and he called out Seth Rollins. And, you know, it's like, it was just a brawl. It was just a brawl. It wasn't a match. Um, you know, it was actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good segment. It really was. Uh, let's see. Liz Morgan. Uh, this is where I'm going to get the this is where I'm going to get the controversy and the heat, right? Liv Morgan defeated Ronda Rousey to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship, and then Rousey assaulted Morgan after the match, and she had every right to do so. Um, so the, if you watch the match, um, Ronda Rousey had Liv Morgan in her arm bar, arm bar, right? Liv Morgan stood up. Uh, into a pinning attempt on Rousey. Referee was counting one, two. At two and a half, Liv Morgan tapped out, but the ref didn't see it. Um, Liv Morgan tapped out. Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey should be the SmackDown Women's Champion. And then then Rousey went and snapped. And she and you know, honestly, I think it, it was a great job in like a Ken Shamrock style of snapping, right? She went off on the referee. She went off on, on Liv Morgan. She attacked the referee and, and you know, assaulted the referee. She's been quote-unquote, uh, suspended indefinitely by the WWE and fined for that, uh, you know, uh, um, assault on the referee. Obviously, give her time away from the ring for right now. Um, but uh, Rousey should get Rousey got screwed. She got screwed at WrestleMania 35, and she got screwed again tonight. So I want to see her be a heel when she comes back. I want to see her use that. I'm kind of like, like I said, like a Ken Shamrock. You know, and, and and get into that zone of like, you know what? I've gotten screwed out of the titles twice. I left the UFC. I came to the WWE to be the best women's champion around, and I've gotten screwed twice out of championships. 
So now it's time to take no prisoners and, you know, whatever, and just go to it. And I, I want to see that happen with Rousey. Um, Roman Reigns keeps on trucking, man. Let me tell you something. This match, the the, the undisputed uh, WWE Universal Championship last man standing match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, the, the head of the table, the tribal chief against the Beast Incarnate, Roman Reigns won. <laughs> but let me tell you something, okay? The storytelling in this match was phenomenal. Now, I got to tell you, I love Cowboy Brock. Um, Brock Lesnar comes out and, uh, you know, gets half, he gets a part way down the ring and then says, hang on, he walks to the back and brings out a freaking tractor. He drives a tractor to the ring, okay? And then he gets up into the front loader uh, uh, shovel area of the tractor and announces himself and then attacks uh, Reigns from the top, gives him a loose press press from the, sh from the shovel, um... And then the match was awesome. I mean, and at one point, you know, towards the end of the end of the match, Brock actually takes the tractor and lifts up one edge of one side of the ring um, and keeps it suspended. And you know, obviously, the ring after that can't be used. Then the Usos come down to attack, and then Theory comes out to attempt to cash in his money in the bank, but that doesn't happen. Um, but let me tell you something. The ending of the match, call it what it will. You know, everybody said, oh, Roman Reigns is so boring. And, you know, it's like the the, the championship reign is getting boring and it's too long now. He's had, the, he's had the universal title for 700 days. Okay. Now he's the undisputed champion. Right. So he's, you know, it's been 703 days now or whatever it is. Okay. Only four men in history have held the title longer. And that's Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan. Bruno San Martino and and uh, Pedro Morales, right? Um, listen to those names, Hall of Famers, right? Um, Reigns is unstoppable, and you know he's proven he's proven. It. And the way they won, like the the way the story was told, Reigns kept hitting. Um, Lesnar with whatever Superman punch, spear, um, chairs, the table, um, and Brock kept getting to his feet. Right, um, you know he hit he hit Lesnar with the with the money in the bank briefcase. He hit Lesnar with the title belt. Brock kept getting up. Eventually, Reigns Reigns buried, and I'm not talking about burying somebody in terms of you know making them lose all the time. No. Brock Lesnar got buried under the the wood from the announce table, then the then chairs and, and the stairs to the point where he couldn't come he couldn't get up. Remember remember when um, back during uh, I think it was uh, yeah halftime heat back in like ninety eight when when Rock when Rock and Mick Mankind had uh, their empty arena battle and and. Um, Mankind ended up winning winning the match because he brought that forklift and put it down the rock so the rock couldn't get up, right? That's what like this that's that's like what this was what this was, right? Um, Brock Lesnar is a beast. Brock Lesnar cannot be beat, and I think Reigns told that story perfectly. Like I can't beat this guy. I can't keep him down for a count of ten on my own, even with help.
we have to bury him or he physically cannot get up. And that's the story that was told. Brock is over. Brock is a beast. Brock is an animal. But when you have 150, 200 pounds on top of you after fighting for a half hour, 20 minutes, whatever it was, okay, there's you're, you're not going to be able to get up. You can't get that much, you know, that much weight. And I think those stairs themselves are like 160 pounds or 150 or 200 pounds, whatever. Uh, 100, um, at least 100 pounds, right? You know, with all the wood from the desk on top of you. So, I mean, there's a good two to 300 pounds on top of Brock Lesnar. And he could not get up. Beautiful story. I loved it. I, I, I got to give the SummerSlam match itself, the SummerSlam event itself, an A. The Triple H era had, Triple H, even though the SummerSlam was pretty much written already by the time Triple H took over um, um, Creative, he had his hand, he had his fingerprints all over it. And let me tell you something. He, this was a fantastic card, it was a fantastic event. Definitely go to Peacock and watch it, SummerSlam 2022. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so, with that said... I got to tell you something. We have had a fantastic week of wrestling. And we have... And Monday night was no different. Monday Night Raw, the Triple H era was in full effect. The entire first hour was centered around... Or actually, the entire show almost was centered around the women, the Raw Women's Championship. You know, EO Sky and um, uh, Dakota Kai and... and Bailey came out there. The faction's name is, I believe, Control, and uh, you know they, the you know the Bianca Belair was in the ring. Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch suffered a separated shoulder at SummerSlam. She'll be out for a, a month or two, right? Maybe a couple more months. Um, so she came out to the ring first. She called Bianca out and said, you know, she respected her, and you know she realized that she just didn't have it. And then you know they kind of. Did cemented the baby face turn, right? And she explained why she became big time Bex and why she had turned heel and why she's going to be a baby face again. And it was it was great. And then she goes to the back and then she's attacked. Bianca Belair, I don't know how the hell she ran in high heels, those stiletto heels, but whatever. Um, but, um, you know, to write her out of stories, she got attacked by, by control. Um, and, I, you know, and then um, during later on in the night, Alexa Bliss and Asuka had a match. But then you know, Kai, Sky, and Bailey came out and attacked them. And then that's when Bianca came out and to save them. And um, I like how they're incorporating more women and, and they're getting it together. It, it's great. Triple H is on top of this. I have nothing but faith in Triple H turning this product around and making it more enjoyable for everybody. With that said, we've been at this for about an hour. There's no WTF moment for today because, quite honestly, other than the what the other than the world that we're living in right now, there's no WTF going on. Um, but with that said, I want to say thank you for listening. Definitely download this. Give us a five star uh, review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Cast Addict. Uh, where where else are we? You know, there's ten places that. The podcast is available. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Castbox. 
Ron Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and of course Anchor, Anchor.fm. Um, so definitely check us out, uh, as well as the RSS, wherever. But there are like 10 to 12 places for you to check us out. So there's no reason why you should not be listening to Suds in the Squirt Circle. Um, but definitely go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Suds SQ Circle Pod doc, uh, you know, on Twitter. Um, and then also on, um, you can go ahead and follow us on TikTok at Suds underscore squared underscore circle. Email us at um, sportswire audio, sportswireaudio at gmail.com. And you can also go ahead and leave us a voice message on anchor.fm slash sportswire audio. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, help us out. And I'm st- still going to be getting some uh, interviews. I've got some uh, potential talks in the way to trying to get uh, uh, scheduling down. But uh, definitely listen up. Have fun. Enjoy the WWE. Enjoy General Hospital for the next week. My name is Vinny Apicelli. You've been listening to Suds and the Squared Circle. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great week.